We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It's the Gut Reaction. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. Zach Kelberman off tonight doing his thing, but we've got Scott here. And Scott, I got I to gotta know, dude. Sean Payton moves mountains, creates a huge firestorm to bench Russ. Want to see Jarrett Stidham in the offense. We heard some things today from Ian Rappaport relative to kind of how maybe the locker room was viewing the quarterback situation. What did you think of Stidham today? Well, I'll get to that in a second because I want to tell you what I think about Michaela Parker first. Holy smokes! And Michaela Parker coming in with much love to support the show to finish off 2023 with a bang. I hear the fireworks going off because that was a Michaela bomb that just went Kaboom. Kaboom. And my brain. Kaboom. And, uh, you know, what's left of the hair over here is starting to go back all over. So, Michaela, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure when I get to do an evening show with these guys because it gives me a chance to say thank you for everything that you do for MHH. And Michaela says, wanted to wish everyone at MHH a happy new year to you as well. Stidham was not good. The worst part is we won't be able to keep any of our valuable players here because of the salary cap. Season is over. What's to look forward to? Um, well, let's, I want to answer your question a little bit with, uh, and then roll it into Michaela's. You asked me about, you know, Stidham, Sean Payton. I I think probably the best thing could have happened today did happen, which was Stidham was okay. He looked like a good backup quarterback. That's what he looked like. I shudder to think what would have happened if he had gone on a heater and threw four touchdowns and no interceptions and just had a small sample size against a dead-in-the-water team like the Chargers, who are playing hard for Giff Smith, and you move forward and think, oh, my God, this is it, and it just you, know, you build him up into something he's not, because who he is is a good backup quarterback. The good thing, Michaela, on this, with the, the worst part is we won't be able to keep any of our valuable players here because of the salary cap. I disagree. I think you, will be, you won't lose really anybody to pick up for salary cap reasons, um, that you wouldn't want to keep. Now you can, we went through it. The, we went through it the other day. I've gone through it a few times and you can restructure basically whoever you want to with the big, the, the big money contracts, uh, Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, 
Cortland Sutton, and I can knock their salary caps down to $5 million. They're all between 16 and 20 next year. I move on completely from Tim Patrick. If he wants to come back on a bet minimum, fine. That's no problem. Uh, but I save 10 million there. DJ Jones right now is a cut candidate. That's not, I don't care if you're $50 million under the salary cap. That's the truth right there is he hasn't played into a $13 million. So while it's going to be harder to go out and sign new people, you're going to have to hit in the draft for sure. I think you can pretty much keep the attrition from this team, other than maybe Lloyd Cushenberry, is minimal. It's very minimal. Yeah. Those are fish that'll be fried when we get to it. You know, the bridge will cross when we get to it. Honestly, they can do so much nowadays with salary cap voodoo that I wouldn't worry too much about it. Is it an asset? Obviously not, the Broncos salary cap situation. But um, if they can get a few of those players to, to play balls, uh, unlike Russ, relative to restructuring some things, they're going to cut some contracts. Come on, dude. Uh, you can't take a shot like that and then not back it up. Take a shot. What are you talking about? If these guys will play ball, unlike Russ, who was unwilling yeah. well, to. Well, no, it's a, it's a, it's it is what it is. If they're open to renegotiating, I mean, a restructure is a restructure. A restructure would be an extension where they're going to be getting more money, not strong arming somebody into waving an injury guarantee so no, that you, he can be you, benched and cut you later. Didn't, hey, you Come didn't. Hey, read You didn't read the Rappaport article today. Go Hold ahead. on, let me educate you on something real quick. Benefit of the doubt here. So this is kind of beside the point, but so I'll paraphrase. I'm not going to take the time to go pull it up, but you know how we heard in that report. And of course, Russ saying, accusing the Broncos of, of threatening him to bench him, blah, blah, blah. All right. NFLPA got involved. NFLPA, according to a source from Rappaport, they did not perceive a threat. The Broncos didn't threaten them. So define strong arm to me. They, they didn't have any leverage. They just asked him. They didn't have any leverage, so they, they couldn't strong-arm him. He said no. Asking and that's his prerogative. Under contract, that's his prerogative. It's but very different than saying, okay, Justin Simmons, you've got an $18 million sal uh, cap hit next year. You're due $18 million in salary. I want to pay you $18 million in a bonus and give you a four-year deal for $30 million with a $1 million salary next year that pays you $19 million because of the salary because of uh, the signing bonus I'm going to give you, which knocks your total hit, cap hit, from 18 to $5 million. You cannot even come close to comparing the two of those, Chad. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. This is what uh, Rappaport reported real quick, okay? For what it's worth on uh, what the Broncos asked. And this is news, by the way. It's not just Scott and I arguing. This came out today. So this is uh, Rappaport quoting a source that last summer, quote, and again in October, so this has happened twice in this calendar year, uh, during the bye week, George Payton discussed with the quarterback's longtime agent, Mark Rogers, potentially altering Wilson's contract, pushing back the early vesting date. This is key, Scott. Pushing back the early vesting date of his 2025 injury guarantees. As it stands now, the $37 million in injury guarantee in 2025 would become fully guaranteed in March of 24. Peyton figured that moving the date back to the start of the new league year in 25 would increase the viability of both Wilson short and long-term since it would eliminate the need for the Broncos to make a two-year decision on him within the next couple months, drastically raising the chances of him being a Bronco in 24. Wilson viewed it as a threat 
to be benched, as he said this week. Ultimately, he was not benched until seven weeks later with the Broncos ranking poorly, blah, 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 the losses. And then last thing, as many agents do amid negotiations, Rodgers took the Broncos proposal to the NFLPA, which often consults with agents on big money player contracts. The union did not view any threat of being benched uh, as real. And Wilson turned down the Broncos offer, which is his right. No grievance was filed. And it's unlikely one will be. One source called such negotiations commonplace. Close quote. So that's the context fully from a source. Got to imagine it's the Broncos. 100% completely different than what we're talking about and how you can uh, massage the salary cap and give people extensions, True. signing bonuses True. in order to get guys under the salary cap for people you want to keep. Of course, it's different. Apples and oranges. Yes. Not even close to the same thing. Correct. I think we're talking past each other a little bit on this subject. Um, but on the, to, to Michaela's point on moving things around, it really means that the draft's that much more crucial this year, which is kind of a little bit of a bummer, Scott, not just because they're a little bit more strapped on the cap, but if you wanted to be able to move up and parlay some future picks and all that to move up and get a quarterback you're in love with, you can't mortgage the future when you're also – uh, overextended on the cap. Like it's, it's not ideal. Yeah. It makes it hard because you're going to need more of those players. You're right now, when you've, when you're going to take back to back $40 million dead cap hits, draft picks are your best friend. More so, picks is more better. Let's talk about Stidham though, for a second. What okay. do you think of Stidham today? Like I, I agree though, by the way, with what you said that it was the worst thing that could have happened was these last two games, Stidham starts them goes on a romp, and then everyone starts fooling themselves into thinking that he's someone to hang your hat on. It alters the offseason plan. They don't go all in trying to find a quarterback the old-fashioned way in the draft. They wait till the third or fourth round or something, and then you're in purgatory again, uh, 2024. So um, he looked like a serviceable backup to me. And this is was, by the way, Scott, against a defense that is not good. He, he went 20 of 32 for 224 yards and a touchdown. So he was like, quietly efficient with a QB rating of 93.8. And that touchdown, uh, let us not forget, was a Herculean play made by Lil Jordan Humphrey with some great help down the field. I was like rubbing my eyes. I'm like, is that Jerry Judy doing extra effort, making a block downfield? I mean, Burton was down there. It was, it was, that was a cool play. What it did was show everyone the reason why the Denver Broncos need to move on from Russell Wilson and get out from under his contract. Because looking at a box score, there wasn't really much difference. I can get away with the backup quarterback in Jarrett Stedham and get just about the same production that I can get for $50 million in the coming years from Russell Wilson. So the question becomes, and why was this move made from Russell Wilson? Because I am convinced as George Payton, as Sean Payton, as a general manager, as the Denver Broncos, that I cannot win with Russell Wilson and his cap hit. Okay, so I'm going to have his cap hit for two years, no matter what. But if I don't make this move now, I'm going to have that cap hit for years three, possibly years four. Yeah. And that's going to cripple my team where it won't do me any good. I can survive this cap hit because I can get equivalent play from my backup quarterback. Yeah. That's why the move was made. And it showed everybody, listen. No, Russell Wilson isn't the entire problem in this offense, but he's not the answer 
either. And that's what it boils down to. Indeed. Chris, my brother, always with the symbolic super chat on a gut reaction. Back-to-back weeks of just amazing generosity. We love you. We appreciate you. We're looking forward to having you on once the season's over. I mean, one more week for uh, we'll get the superstar segments rolling again. It's going to be dope. Chris, love you, big dog. He says, eliminated from the playoffs, but we still have a chance to, one, break the losing streak to the Raiders. Two, Broncos have their first winning season in seven years. Then on to what I hope is a productive se- uh, offseason. Amen to that. Unfortunately, Broncos, that loss, Scott and I were talking about it right before we we hit the old go live button. Even with the Chiefs winning today, if the Broncos don't lose to the Patriots and they win today, there's still a really good chance they could come out on top in the, with the division and thus all of the wild card um, iterations not really even applying. But yeah, that's it. That's all she wrote on the season. But Scott, to me, Let's say this team finishes uh, with nine wins. They get a win. They snap the streak, as Chris and all of us are hoping for next week Mm -hmm. against the Raiders. Get a win for the first time in that stadium ever, by the way, for the Broncos. That would mean, Scott, that Sean Payton moved the needle plus four games over what the previous coaching staff did last year amid a really huge hole that was dug, one and five start, quarterback instability, some other obstacles. What would you make of the the year one body of work if it does in fact turn out that the Broncos finish nine and eight with a winning season for the first time since 2016? You have to take a look at the whole body of the work, but because the the highs were really high and the lows were really low, right? There was much more variance than I was expecting from this mm. team, where nobody would have thought one and five, and I promise you, at one and five, nobody was thinking six and one. At the end of the year, if this team finishes nine and eight, we're all going to be pretty much within a game, maybe two, of where we thought this team could be. And I won't speak for everybody, but I know I underestimated how hard it actually is to come in and turn things around like that. And Chris, thank you very much for uh, for that super chat. Um, I, I underestimated the you know the putting in a new system, the culture, et cetera, et cetera. You can't just wave a magic wand. You saw things starting to happen, and you saw a competent team that could go out and beat a team they should beat. Now, was it pretty? No, it wasn't. But let's think. You you didn't get your – your quarterback wasn't there, the guy that you're expecting to be, you know, dangerous. Uh, Cortland Sutton was out, guy leading your team in touchdowns. Marvin Mims, one of your big play guys, is out. I, I go back to where we thought this team was at the beginning of the season with Randy Gregory and Flank Clark expected to be big-time contributors. You lost your safety, Caden Stearns. Now, everybody has injuries – but overall, finish even eight and nine. I think this team has already it's it's come off the bottom. We hit bottom with the Denver Broncos for me against the Jets, one and four. They, last Christmas, it stayed on the bottom until the Jets started an uptick with a really good game against the Chiefs, and then beating the Chiefs, the uptick started. And there's been some ups and downs, but overall, on a long enough timeline, things keep moving up. That's where this team is headed for me, Chad. I think things are headed in the right direction. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I do too. Um, I feel good about it. But you're going to have to eat over the next two years. That's what sucks. It does. And just the, I mean, to me, it's exciting, especially doing what we do as far as writing and talking about it every day. It's exciting. The prospect of entering an off season on QB search, right? Like trying to find the guy to marry to Sean Payton, so to speak. Uh, but you know, it, it could be a harbinger <clears throat> part of me of, of uh, further growing pains to come so that that kind of tempers things. But Sean Payton did kind of instill an adult competency that has been lacking for a long time. Text, dude, what's up? Thank you, bro. He says, please tell me it will get better. <clears throat> this team is so boring to watch. Eight years of crap football with no end in sight. Where is the hope for fans it will ever change? Now we're in salary cap hell. Help. See, uh, maybe, Scott, it's just my uh, kind of glass half full mentality, but what you and I just got done talking about – how Sean Payton, despite some pretty serious obstacles, which he contributed to, um, is on pace, could very well uh, finish with four wins better this year than than what the Broncos had last year. I think there's a lot of signs that are emblematic of hope. The quarterback situation, if you want to, you could view that through a lens of hope. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of an instability factor. We'll see how it plays out, but I do have hope. Uh, the salary cap thing, I think it's it's going to get fixed a little bit easier than people realize. It's still not going to be ideal, but as we talked about early on, you get some restructures, you cut some of the fat, uh, and you have some breathing room. But I would tell you, Tex, chin up, because this team did take steps forward this season. Is it perfect yet? Scott, no, they're not a juggernaut. Were they competitively relevant? All the way down to the final gun of week 18. So that's definitely a step forward. Yeah. And Patriot sex, how I look at it is the salary cap didn't really change. You know, it's just, just now you don't have Russell Wilson. Okay. I, I like using the baseball uh, metric of war, uh, war W a R wins against. I you were talking about guar. Yeah. War. Band. <laughs> war, war, war. It's wins against replacement. And it basically means if I put in an average player as a zero, what number do I get? Well, basically, you had a $40 million dead cap hit for a zero. Your wins against replacement with your, your war score for Russell Wilson is basically zero. So replacing him with an average cheap quarterback won't hurt your team anymore. And your salary cap stays neutral because he was going to be on the books the next two years, no matter what. Now it was just a matter of, can Russell Wilson be fixed? Is he going to be the problem? Now you don't have to worry about that. That is done that's that's donezo so you're gonna have to do some having big rich owners helps again i can come to garrick bowles and say this is this is how this works he's got a, a big salary cap hit next year he's he's due about 17 18 million dollars i can offer to pay him his 18 million dollars as a signing bonus on a four-year extension 
that takes that $18 million and makes it'll be easier if I make it 16 across four years. That makes that a $4 million a year salary cap hit. And I can give him a $1 million salary or whatever the minimum is. Now his 2024 salary cap hit goes from 20 to five. I back end some guarantees on the back end of it. Now he's got a $5 million. I just say $15 million and he gets paid $19 million anyway. He's getting his money. I can do that True. with got owners that can write a $20 million check three or four times over because that's what it's going to take, Chad. No doubt. Uh, Kathy, across the pond in Deutschland, <clears throat> Germany, checking in. Thank you. So good to see you. Much love. Uh, she says, Happy New Year to everyone from Germany. I already had one and a half. I already had one in over a half hour in 2024. Right. So she's already there. She's already living in next year. This is a time <laughs> travel. What's the future like? Tell this us. Time That's, yeah. What is it like? Did the computers uh, all crash? She says, uh, Stidham equals Wilson in play. MHH for life. Eight and eight. Go Broncos. Yeah. I mean, I would say, Scott, here's what I would say when you, if someone was, what's the biggest difference you saw today in one single sample size game from Stidham compared to what we've seen from Russ? I would say that the Broncos, like his accuracy was off today, which somewhat surprised me, but the Broncos were a lot more on schedule timing and rhythm wise in the passing game. Like you actually saw Jerry Judy get utilized a little. You actually saw slants getting thrown today, mm -hmm. Scott, which, you know, far be it for me to get excited about a freaking slant, but Russ doesn't You should throw be, him. though. What was Michael Thomas's nickname in New Orleans? Right. The, the slant, slant god. god. This guy went for about 2,000 yards in a season. Yes. So uh, I think he showed relatively good poise. There was a couple of times he showed you that he does have a little bit more in the athleticism department than maybe he gets credit for. Uh, but it was still, in my opinion, a replacement level quarterback play one game. But what does that tell you, Scott, relative to what he is kind of replacing as far as like, what does that mean to you relative to what he's replacing on Russ? It means I'm getting the same thing for 10% of the cost. Again, yeah. I would look at a war stat and say, I'm coming out even. I can afford to make this cut because Russell Wilson, again, your point the other night was the reason why this is happening to Russell Wilson is because he hasn't been good enough. He isn't been worth what he's being paid. Forget everything else. That's the bottom line. That's yeah. why it's happening. Okay, well, yeah, I've got a salary cap hit. I was going to have that anyway. Now I can start trying to find different answers. Um, Stidham was just about equal to Russell Wilson, and he would he would improve over the course of time with his receivers getting back. Yeah. Um, you know, would he play more meaningful games? Again, be careful with a small sample size at the end of the season against teams that are basically we call this Ow. a glorified exhibition for a reason. Yeah. It it kind of was. Um, Michaela Israel, good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. Uh to the pod for being a blessing and being there for Cooper and I. We are we're you're here for us. It's the very least we can do, Michaela. Stu McPeak. Can I just say something real quick, Scott? Sorry. Yeah, sure. So if it's you your guys pod, dude. You, you follow uh one sec Zeus, we love you. You know this. I'm just and keep Zeus on. But uh Cooper bent, went through a little bit of a uh tribulation in December and and so we sent him out a little care package with some uh MHH swag so to speak and we if you guys want to see some of that is pictured this uh, you know showing some of the stuff it's pretty cool it's on the mhh instagram and facebook so if you want to check that out but we love you too michaela and coop keep a stiff upper lip big dog you demand uh zeus bro look at this 
the first face on the MHH Mount Rushmore right here. Scott, wishing everybody a happy new year. Right back at you, brother. Thank you for your generosity and all the support and the conversation and community you bring uh, to this whole enchilada we call MHH. Yeah, I love doing the night shows because it gives me a chance to say thanks to y'all that are on at nights and I don't get to talk to virtually at least uh, during the morning shows. So pleasure to be here on the gut reaction. Michael Ranquillo, I see Michael everywhere because Michael is everywhere. Michael says, good evening, Chad and Scott on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Gut reaction, go Broncos. And Riptide says, hey, I disagree with Michaela Parker. Stidham has a better understanding of the offense, but needs to work on his accuracy. Um, Follows things up by saying 99% of the people having a mental breakdown over this Russ thing do not know football. And uh, I think the Broncos should play poker and keep Russ on the roster riding the pine next season. It's kind of what I said, but I, I said I'd watch out for the, the union on something like that, which kind of started rearing its head uh, on They've that. They've been involved. And, they have been involved. We've, yeah, we've learned and, that. You know, when, when you say, listen, because it's actually cheaper to keep Russell Wilson on the roster the next two years and then just to cut him out. I think it's actually more beneficial for your cap hit the next two seasons than to cut him after two years. However, that $160 million guaranteed would become about $197 million guaranteed because you'd have to pay him that $37 extra in salary for 2025. The salary cap numbers would stay the same, but that's still $40 million coming out of yeah. somebody's pocket. Cash is cash. And uh, yeah, it's. I think it's next to impossible that he weathers this and, and somehow sticks around. He said on Friday that he wants to and hey, I signed up to come play in Denver for seven years, et cetera, et cetera, because he had two years left, and then he got a five-year extension. Which hasn't um, even started. That's the craziest thing to me. That is, dude. You move but, on before his extension even started. Yeah. That's expensive. Mm. We talk about what's expensive, missing. That's too much. First-round pick's too much for a coach. No, it's not. You know what's expensive? Missing. Yeah. The right yeah. coach is well worth a first-round draft pick. It's true. It's true, but... Uh, I feel I feel optimistic the way this thing is trending. So I, I say keep your chin up. And look, I will uh, concur with you, Rip Ty, on the fact that it did seem like the offense, well, even though they just had some weird, like today their ability to run the ball in short, you know, like got to have it situations wasn't so hot. There were just some weird snafus, a lot of O-line penalties today. There were some things off, but from a passing perspective, and just overall kind of have it together. Uh, I liked what it looked like. Justin, bro, thank you. Appreciate you. He says, Stidham was as good as Russ at $5 million a year. Bye-bye, Russ. More money, better talent, and Stidham will be fine. Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Yeah, well, that's, Scott, one of the other downsides to it, the realization anyway, that it's not going to work out with Russ, is that you could really use a Batman-style edge rusher and with your first-round pick this year, but – now it's looking like you're going to need to do the old-fashioned build a franchise quarterback thing and and use it on a on a queue. Um, maybe you can have your cake and eat it too. Um, maybe there's a guy you can find in the round two or round three or whatever, and I'm sure that you can. But that goes down a peg in terms of priority. You got to figure out what you're doing at quarterback. Yeah, I just don't see that you're going to get one of the top three guys unless you want to give up another three picks and change. Who I are just, your top three? The, the top three, Caleb, it's going to be everybody's top three. It's it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Put them in that whatever order you want to. After that, you have trouble actually getting anybody else into the first round. 
So you can start looking day two. Well, there's a reason why they're day two. We'll just take a guy in the second round. Well, that's hardly a guarantee. They're not guaranteed in the first either. Yeah. So the, the the question here is, you know, and as Justin says, Stidham will be fine. Man, I, I once told a girl I was dating in high school. This is this is how bad a word it was thirty something years ago. How how old am I? Like almost forty years ago. Jesus. <laughs> I said, how do I look? I said, you look fine. Oh my God. You would have thought I would have slapped her mother. Fine. Yeah. Fine. It's kind of how you, it's, it's the delivery, Scott. It's fine. what you say, it's not good. how you it's say great. it. Because, it's great. How on, you say great. it, not what you say. Yeah. Because we're, we're what if you, like you look fine. You look fine. fine. I look fine. Yeah. But if you, you look fine, she yes. would have got what you meant. <laughs> but Stidham will be fine. But that's the problem. Stidham is fine. He's, he's yeah. fine. He certainly isn't going to light the blowtorch under anybody's getting really excited about, well, just think how good we can be next year with Jared Stidham at quarterback. No, it's more like he'll be fine and maybe we can survive the bridge, but the ceiling is going to be kind of meh on something like that. But it's uh, it's going to be really interesting because there's some really shoddy quarterback play in the NFL right now. And everybody needs backups too. I mean, there's 60 quarterbacks they're going to play. So everybody's looking for a quarterback. Yep. And it's going to be really, really expensive to try and get into the top three or to get Justin Fields, who might be a little cheaper or to get Kyler Murray, if they decide to take a quarterback and stay up there. So it's going to be really interesting that I can promise you. But, um, but Lawrence says, is anyone really happy does anyone really think Stidham is the answer? It's just going to be another hole. And, and I think that could be part of the problem, Chad, is you're back to, man, we, we've been on this quarterback carousel since how long? 2000 yeah. what? 16, yeah. 17? Here we go again, Chad. You know, basically the post-Peyton Manning era has been one never-ending ride on that QB carousel and walk in the desert and – you know, the hope was Russ could lead you out of that desert like Moses of old, you know, but it's not shaking out that way. And it's not ideal, Scott, to be going into a, an offseason on, on, in search of a quarterback, but it's better at the same time when, like you said, they, they figured out or they decided that they're better off uh, without Russ knowing what the contract is and the, and the hits and whatnot. And so now you got to find on the cap, you got to find a quarterback solution and I do trust, I mean, look, Sean Payton signed Jarrett Stidham quietly. A big sign for us is what he said when it happened. Uh, but he was signed to be a backup and a failsafe. I do trust Sean Payton's quarterback evaluation because, look, you go, oh, well, but, you know, he talked up Russ and all that. We learned today, how, whether how much of this you want to believe, I leave up to you. But this is from that same report, Scott, uh, from Rappaport, a lot of little nuggets here. Peyton quote was wary of Wilson, <clears throat> pardon me, wary of Wilson during his interview with the Broncos before they hired him last offseason. While he spoke in the interview of how to help turn him into a championship QB and how to fix him, he privately wasn't as sure it could be done by taking the job he committed to trying. It has not worked. And he got uh, reassurance that if he had to move on, he could. Right. I don't know if he wrote that, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll write it as fact, but I'll tell you. It happened. I just, I only bring that up to enforce that it doesn't detract like what's gone down between Peyton and Russ and the relative failure to launch because Russ did take steps forward this year. Well, I say relative because it's not like he's been a hundred percent crap show. 
Uh, his touchdown to interception metrics are significantly improved. I mean, if he doesn't get benched, Scott, he was two games away from becoming the first quarterback since Peyton Manning to throw 30 touchdowns in a season, and that was 2014, the last time it happened. You know, so he did take steps forward, but I do trust Peyton's ability, what I'm getting at here, to read and evaluate quarterbacks and find the right guy. It's just a matter of do they have the resources to get that guy. We'll find out. Antonio, you the man. Good to see you. Thank you for the super. He says, hope we can end the season with a winning record. Any thoughts on who's playing QB next year? Scott. Well, right now, Jared Stidham. So it, that, that, that'd be your answer. Now, does Jameis Winston come around? Does Jacoby Brissett come around? Do you trade on a flyer for Justin Fields? There's going to be a market for him. Kyler Murray is out there. Would Arizona be willing to pick up some of that check to move on from him? Um, there's not a lot of good answers out there. There's going to be, I know some people have already said Drew Locke. Well, Drew Locke was a free agent last year and didn't get any offers as a starting quarterback. That's probably not going to change around the NFL. Going back and playing in Seattle might be the best thing for him. Um, he might decide that I have a better chance of playing somewhere else. We'll see. But I think, I almost think Sean Payton wants a robot out there. He doesn't want a freelance. He wants yeah. somebody out there that's going to go one, two, three, read, throw. Mm -hmm. One read, throw. Change, you know, and, and can step up. So, you know, more talent. Does Jarrett Stidham have more talent than Russell Wilson? You know, probably not. I mean, Jarrett Stidham was a very talented guy. And you mentioned he was underrated as an athlete. He, he played for Gus Malzahn at Auburn. You know, th that's where Nick Marshall and Cam Newton ran that offense. And Nick Mar Marshall got drafted as a corner, mm -hmm. for God's sakes. That's what kind of athlete he was. Jared Stidham's a hell of an athlete. He has talent. Yeah. Can you, how good can he be? We'll see. I, I but my, your bet right now is that's who's playing quarterback for you next year is Jared Stidham. Yeah. That's your, that's your fail safe. Uh, I think the Broncos will make some moves probably through the draft. I think they'll try to do it the old fashioned way, knowing they got Stidham as kind of the shepherd to ease him into the to the uh, NFL, whoever they end up drafting. But Naj, bro, from the top rope, we love you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, by the way, to everybody. Be safe tonight, whatever your plans are. Uh, be smart, be safe. Naj says, hey, brothers, we all got the win. This is the least enthusiastic I've felt after a win. QB is the glaring unknown. No idea what the future holds, but let's beat the Raiders and get a winning season. Happy New Year, everyone. Cheers. Right back at you. Yeah. That's another streak of ignominy, Scott, that has to come to an end. I think it's seven, if I'm remembering right, seven straight losses to the Raiders. So this one on the road to close out the season in a stadium, Allegiant, that the Broncos have yet to post a victory. And they had not won at SoFi this, uh, up till this year, by the way, ever. So this has been one of the other positives about, and I think if I'm being honest here, Scott, evidences of things definitely having improved under Sean Payton is this year has very much been uh, snapping streaks, right? You, you snap the chief streak. You got a good chance to snap. Well, you snap so far. You got a good chance to snap the Raiders streak. Uh, you have a really good chance to snap the uh, losing season streak. So to me, that's also a positive harbinger. Yeah. And I, I think some of the air will have come out of the Raiders that, that new coach bump that you get, that went away a little bit today when they went on the road and got beat by the Colts um, in a game. You know, they beat the Chiefs and maybe peaked, and then they've come down a little bit. How much will this rivalry mean to them? How much will it mean to the Broncos? 
How much will this game mean? I mean, it's a rivalry game. We know it means something to the fans, but really, who's playing for what here besides pride and knowing it's the 17th game season? I just, I don't know what to expect. It would be nice to get rid of that freaking streak, go out with a win. You know Sean Payton's going to be there next year. They're not sure if, if Antonio Pierce will be, so I want to play for my coach because he's the one that's going to be deciding how much I'm going to play next year. So, Naj, happy new year to you. Thank you so much for the support, my friend. I'm looking forward to seeing you in 2024 since I missed you in 2023. Justin Floyd with some good words. Says, Scott, we agree on one thing. That's why you're the GOAT. I mean, hey, if you agree with me, you must be smart. Uh, keep it up, brother. Enjoy your takes. Nick's okay. Uh, just just playing. Great show, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you being here, Justin. And uh, seriously, enjoy the banter. And again, it's never about agreeing or disagreeing. You saw Chad and I disagree pretty vehemently right off the top of the show. It's just about being respectful. Yeah, yeah. I ban people all the time, and they'll go people and say, hey, ban me because I disagreed and said so-and-so. No, you got banned because you were being an a-hole. Had nothing right. to do with uh, with your, your point of view. I'll listen to anything, man. Plus, I got to be honest with you. Like I, as a, as a prolific listener of podcasts myself, I mean, a podcast that is always 100% two guys uh, or two hosts um, agreeing on everything can or get disagreeing a for the sake of disagreeing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, the flip side to that is like with radio, one of the reasons I found myself I'm not cut out for radio is the they want you to purposefully wedge and, and create issues that each host is on the opposite end, even if you're not, and it starts feeling real hollow and manufactured and artificial. But when Scott and I get into it, we go back. So guys, don't ever think there's feelings. Like it's it's all fun, and uh, you know, like Scott said, it's how you approach it and how you you know are respectful of each other's opinions. And we don't share a brain on everything, but this uh, I love this dude. Scott's the man, indispensable. Miguel also indispensable. What's up, dude? He says most expected eight or nine, eight and nine or nine and eight. I feel like finishing. Uh, above about 500 is a success head up Broncos country. Yeah. I mean, even if you lose next week, knock on wood. All right. Um, cause I want to see that. I, I honestly would rather, this might sound ridiculous, but I would rather see the Broncos snap the Raiders streak and finish plus 500 for what it does to, to this team's spirit and emotional constitution of culture than the two or three spots in the draft that it might help them relative to a quarterback. Uh, but this team is, has shown significant improvement, uh, but it still has plenty of warts. The job is far from done for Sean Payton bringing this team back to, uh, you know, it's where it belongs at the top. No, I, I consider the job, the turnaround, the in-season turnaround to me is remarkable. Yeah. You know, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, would you be, would you be disappointed with eight and nine? Yeah, I would. I probably would have been. Uh, at one in five, if you ask me, if, would you be disappointed with eight and nine? I'd say you're out of your mind if you think yeah. this team's going to finish eight and nine when they're sitting there at one and five. One and it looks like the entire team needs to be blown up and, and sent out to orbit. Yep. So there's definitely some good things in here for sure. And there were some very good things to take that were successful in the season. As Jeremy says, remember, we won five games last year. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and Jeremy also says anyone expecting Stidham to come in and look like Manning with mostly practice squad receivers is delusional. His timing was off, but he was pretty collected. Yeah, he he had for a guy making his first start of the season, a backup quarterback missing a couple of pretty important weapons. 
I thought he had a great game, relatively speaking. I think he looks like a good backup. He was going to be good enough next year because basically that's what Russ has looked like this year too. True. And I'm just apologies for glancing down at my phone guys. It's not because I'm not engaged, but normally I, I don't want to pay any attention to what Peyton or any of the players are saying at the podium post game, but in the wake of the kind of significance of this particular game, I've kind of kept an eye out on seeing some of the quotes from Peyton uh, specific to, of course, Stidham. And he said that uh, he's basically been, uh, he felt like he was poised, uh, where to go, kept a, kept us on schedule. He was good, played with poise, efficient in and out of the huddle. So even right there, Scott, you see a couple of, this is jumping to conclusions, trying to kind of read some of the implications. But to me, I interpret that as uh, he didn't necessarily feel like Russ was always playing with poise. Maybe he didn't feel like the Broncos were always being efficient coming in and out of the huddle. That was a, a point of emphasis for him. Um, so is it anything to write home about? No. He showed you that he's replacement-level quarterback that could get the do- job done about as well, if not, depending on how you want to uh, categorize it, maybe even better than Russ. That tells you why the Broncos made it an issue that it was, you know, that turned into a big crap storm this week as far as and the Broncos had to have known that it was going to be a crap storm. You bench a quarterback like Russ, you're going to you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on you. But Jen Lee, good to see you on Facebook. Appreciate you. Thank you for the star support. Always always great to see you. It means a lot. But uh Stidham, we're not writing home, Scott. It is what it is and it's a good thing because it shouldn't change and it won't change what the approach is in the offseason. Just keep punching. Thank you. Good to see you. I guess Sean Payton proved his point. He can get the same amount of production out of a below-average quarterback without Cortland Sutton and Mims. In case you're just joining us, guys, Stidham finished 20-32, 224 yards and a touchdown with a QB rating of 93.8. And, Scott, that's kind of where Russ has lived for most of this season is right above 200 yards passing, about a touchdown and a half a game, and a rating somewhere between 95 and, like, 103. That's about the – the zone he's lived in yeah, really low yards per attempt, really yo- low yards per completion. Now this, there were a couple in there that helped skew those numbers upwards a little bit, you know, some nice catch and runs, but you expect to get a few of those too. Um, so that's kind of what the, the athlete was, was kind of quarterback proof. And if I'm not winning because of my quarterback, then I don't, I don't need to have a $40 million cap hit on my quarterback. Yeah. Um, And again, the the move to move Russell Wilson wasn't about 2024 or 2025 so much because you're going to have him on the books regardless. It's then about 2026 and 2027. And if I can get replacement level quarterbacking for a tenth of the price, we need to do that. So that's what that was about. Uh, Black Knight over there on Twitch. Good to see you. He says, okay, so what's the thought on the rumor of Sean Payton being interested in Baker Mayfield and bringing him to the Broncos? Not going to happen. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to play his way into about, I said, 20 to $25 million. And Nick scoffed at me. He says he's going to be getting in the 30 plus range on the open market. Baker Mayfield has had a really, really good season for Tampa Bay. And he's going to play himself into a contract that will be out of range for the Denver Broncos. So take that rumor and then record this for when it actually happens. And you can say, you see, you don't know what you're talking about. Take that rumor and just swoosh, yeah. flush that one. 
I always like Baker, even all of his BS at Oklahoma and some of the stuff that's happened in the in the league. I've always liked Baker, but one thing I got to remind everybody that I'll echo from Zach the other night, which is this time around, let's not let's not fool ourselves as an organization into reclamation projects, you know, trying to think, ah, you know, if we could just get this guy in our scheme, it could be different. Like, let Sean Payton go out with a brand new canvas and and find his quarterback to help him paint a beautiful picture in the mile high city. I don't, I like him. Don't get me wrong. And Baker, like Scott said, has been an eye opening. Uh, it's an eye opening performance this year in Tampa, but um, we'll find out as the off season marches along. that's one of the things I look forward to is the rumor mill that comes as a result of a team being in the quarterback market. We'll see how much, uh, you know, fire there is to that particular rumor, that smoke, so to speak. Yeah. Baker Mayfield on a, team that we weren't really expecting that much out of Tampa had well similar numbers to Russell Wilson with 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions but he's pushing the ball downfield so much more with 3,600 yards he's yep. he's going to get some money he's not going to be affordable next year uh, it's going to be one of those bridge type backup guys or a draft pick or like we said Jared Stidham uh, that that's where you're looking uh, Matt, we'll pass the the uh, your comment on. Thank you for the stars. We'll pass your comment on to Zach, but he wants to thank Zach for dealing with his tweets. He's uh, NJ New Jersey, I would guess. Bronco, respect you and your takes. Just sometimes need to vent frustrations, and don't we all? That's that's why these guys are called the priests. They're, I'm they're sure. Uh, I'm sure Zach would love hearing it. So come back tomorrow, and uh, he'll be back tomorrow night. So appreciate you, big dog. Uh, Patriot text comes in again. He says, I'm all for taking a flyer on Michael Penix. If we can get him personally, I trade back stockpile picks and build this roster's depth. We need youth and speed. Happy new year to you as well. Hashtag MHH for life. I, I like Penix too. He's had a couple of knee injuries already, which is a bit scary. And speaking of which, um, I'm sure it's already been said in the chat, but I'm, I'm also sure the Broncos country would like to send a big get well soon to Bradley Chubb who tore up an ACL today for the Miami Dolphins and that's going to knock him out of what could that's be a really good three, season right, for the Dolphins playoff that, run. And that's three could, could take him out for a good bit of next year too. He had one in college, had one with the Broncos. So yeah, this is three. That's, that's just, it is just terrible news for Chubb. Um, hurts definitely the Dolphins outlook because they need to play well this year for them. Yeah, no doubt. Yes. Well, good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Thoughts and prayers out to the Chubb Meister and Tex. Happy New Year. Right back at you, big dog. Much love and respect. Um, we got Rip Die jumping in again. <clears throat> Number four tonight going off. Love it, big dog. He says, feel like Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback, fits what Peyton wants to do. Now, Scott, I know you've already spent exceedingly more time uh, looking at, talking at, analyzing about 2024 draft uh, than yours truly. Uh, Bo Nix seems like he would fit in the kind of offense Peyton uh, runs, but do you see him as as being bona fide? Like, does he have future franchise quarterback upside? As a you know, as far as untapped potential, is it we'll, possible? We'll see. I'm I'm biased. Uh, I went to Auburn. I watched him play at Auburn for several years and not be very good. Uh, I watched him go to Oregon and come back and play against Georgia and look like a deer in headlights. Um, I watched him some this year and thought, okay, I'm going to try and wipe away my bias as much as I can and try and give him a clean slate. 
And all I see him do was throw the ball side to 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 side. There weren't really many NFL throws in there. Every once in a while, I'd see him roll out and turn it loose and throw downfield and be like, okay. Now, when I watched Washington play Oregon, I thought it wasn't, I was like, okay, which guy would you rather have, Michael Penix or Bo Nix? It's not even close. Yeah. It's Michael Penix. But again, a couple of knee injuries later, and, uh, and you know, that worries me a little bit. And, and Bo's probably a little bit more accurate, especially on some of the short passing game that Sean Payton, to your point, wants to do out there. But, you know, I, I saw Bo Nix, the top 10. I'm like, I'd be scared of him in the first round, man. Yeah. Uh, in the second round, but Riptide's in here a few times. He says, player of the game, Brandon Johnson. Big catches. I think that's a good shout. And uh, he says, trade back, get a second round draft pick, uh, take wide receiver Jordan Addison in the first, and then Bo Nix with your newly acquired second. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Addison has a chance of winning NFL Rookie of the Year for the Minnesota Vikings this year. Wasn't he a first round draft pick out of USC last season, or am I getting my Jordan Addison's confused? No, I'm confused here that yeah. makes me doubt myself i'm like wait a minute this dude is uh yeah i mean yeah jordan addison had a he's a viking for the vikes this year <laughs> he's a vike yeah, um, that was gonna be a little tough that one's gonna be a tough but scott real quick before we we grab this other one from riptide it just made me think of something because you brought up and by the way what is this one number six riptide you're going off dude thank you um you know, you, you mentioned earlier, what does Sean Payton want in a quarterback? You know, ideally he wants a robot, not a mindless, you know, uh, uh, android, so to speak. He wants a, a robot in the sense that you can, they're reliable. You can count on him to do what you need him to do in the scheme. But it still comes back to levels of mastering nuance. Like if you go back and look at all those prolific offenses with Drew Brees, Breeze was very robotic. Peyton Manning, all those years of his prolific production, very robotic because they master the nuance and they take that, that, that base level scheme and open up and turn it into something special. And that's what a robot, so to speak, like Robot of Doom on Twitch. I'm going to grab one from you here in a minute, Robot of Doom. Uh, that's what you're looking for. But one thing I noticed today, Scott, real quick, and then we'll, we'll finish up with Riptide, is when we talk about like you said, Bo Nix and the short area accuracy and, and throwing side to side and whatnot. That does seem to be kind of a thing Sean Payton likes. Today, watching Jarrett Stidham, he took a few shots. I'll tell you, here's one thing that was quite evident in terms of difference between Jarrett Stidham and Russ. The deep ball, Stidham not even close to Russell Wilson, who remains and proved this year that that is still one of his strong suits. He is one of the better vertical passing accuracy cues in the in the nfl yeah which is where the play action comes along you know when we're talking about robotic it's funny i start thinking side to side i always think of rocky side to side like a windshield wiper you know <laughs> um you know so you gotta you gotta stick and move a little bit i'm like sean payton would probably rather have jared goff than than josh allen just probably you know just somebody that would go back stick a foot in the ground and stay on all the time rather than freelance. Yep. Um, you know, and that's just now the 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 dream is Patrick Mahomes who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's why he's considered by pretty much everyone the best player in football. That's that's that one. He doesn't count. We move him off to his own own side of this. But Riptie said, you know, I'm waiting for the stat watchers who didn't watch the game to go on a roll comparing Russ to Stidham. Similar but different. You know, I, I could listen to the game and tell you the difference was Stedham steps up in the pocket and throws the ball. 
Yeah. Okay. That doesn't happen. And you talk about poise. Poise is poise in the pocket, not necessarily just command of the huddle, which I think Russ does a really good job with. You can tell that by how they come back in the fourth quarter. He's calm, he's poised, and he yeah. can get people moving in the fourth. He's not calm and poised in the pocket, though. I don't think anybody's ever going to that, – that's not exactly a hot take. Now, what is a hot take? We asked Kathy to give us the read of the future because she's over in Germany. It's already 2024 there. <laughs> she says, well, what's it look like in 2024? She says, Scott and Chad, the Broncos still need a quarterback in 2024. <laughs> that's what it looks like in 2024. Well played. Well played, my friend. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate you. George coming in says, Happy New Year to all Bronco country. And a huge thank you to the best pod on football, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Yeah, there's a lot of different flavors on the Mile High Huddle podcast family. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of several of them. So uh, have a lot of fun here. Um, Doing some fill-in duty Friday night with Eric, holding it yeah, down. And Sunday, here we are again. I'm a, I'm a lefty, so bring a lefty in from a lefty in from the mound. But Justin, this is Chad over here, over here. <laughs> this is Chad today. Yeah, yeah. So Chad, what is our scheme? We've had three different head coaches in three to four years, a giant mistrade and a quarterback, and a giant contract where we can't buy top free agents. We should be happy finishing above 500. Um, and this is where I get into, I, I kind of, especially in draft. I don't mind it so much in free agent, but when anybody wants to talk to me about scheme in a draft pick, I want to smack them because that draft pick is going to outlast the coach, <laughs> either the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the head coach, or all three of them. So if you're drafting for scheme, you're in trouble because schemes are going to change. They're yeah. going to change year to year. So it's a uh, good. What point. is the scheme? We'll see. We know what the, the, you really haven't seen Sean Payton's scheme. You've seen him try to win football games based on what he has. Yeah. But you haven't really seen him unleash really the screenplay game, the tight end play, uh, the slant god, as we talked about. You haven't seen any of that yet. Couldn't stay on schedule, man. Russ hits that back foot and runs. And again, we go back to that idea of a robot in the pocket, like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. You know, people go, hey, why isn't Russ thrown when he hits his back foot? Oh, he can't see. Why doesn't he ever climb the pocket? He can't see. Look, Drew Brees had what, an inch on him? Is it maybe, maybe two? Maybe two. All right. That's not what it is. It's just his disposition. And you're right, Scott, about the, a few warts from, from this season's offense scheme-wise that makes you kind of question or have a hard time identifying exactly what it is relative to what we know of Sean Payton's resume. But they didn't have that stud tight end this year because of the Dulcich injury and they just with Russ and the collection of talent that's here he went in way early did Peyton on building this thing around the run he stuck to it doggedly they couldn't get that that screen game going and the quarterback consistency has been I think one of the biggest things that's held this offense back and that's look I'm not going to try Scott to make a mountain out of a molehill comparing or, or say anything close to how much better it looked this week with Jarrett Stidham than what it's the, the biggest difference is they were more on schedule. They did use, uh, he was reading more of the field. He wasn't just keeping it uh, high, low. He wasn't breaking the pocket as soon as he hit his back foot. And those are the type of little things that drive coaches crazy when they work as hard as they do to coach them up. They work as hard as they do on the whiteboard. They work as hard as they do to install the scheme and teach the scheme 
and the scheme gets completely thrown out the window as soon as that quarterback hits his back foot. What am I even here for? What am I even doing if you're just going to freelance every time I call a play? Yeah. But Russ, you know, traditionally through most of his career, he would offset that by just being way more uh, on point when he would go off schedule, like always picking up the first down, moving the chains, big plays, and a more consistent ground game. Like Sean Payton, if you had maybe one one additional running back that offered a little something, might have helped this year. But um, I don't want to take that away from Russ. It's not like he's been some terrible quarterback. I mean, he's a nine-time Pro Bowl in 10 years in Seattle, and he did some great things this year, but he driving his head coach nuts with how he operated the offense. Yeah, and, and again, it comes down to, are you worth what you're getting paid? If the answer is yes, then you're safe. If the answer is no, then you're not. And he was about to get paid big time. He hadn't been paid yet. He's going to get paid, uh, just not you know while he's playing with the Broncos. Kathy says, Chad, I still love the Wilson jersey because it means so much more to me than just a jersey. Thank you yes. again for that gift. Yes, Kathy uh, was battling something truly significant. And so I sent her out a, a, I told her pick a Jersey and she picked a Wilson Jersey and we had it sent to her in Germany to cheer her up and just let her know she has love and support out there through what she'd been going through. It's a pretty brutal, I'll just say health scare. And so I'm glad to hear it. And Wilson will, even if he hangs up his cleats uh, a week and one day from now says, Hey, I'm retiring. He was two years your starting quarterback of the Broncos, and he's a quality guy. I mean, I do – some of the things that have happened this last week have made me wonder a little bit more about the quality of Russ, like how hard he is asserting the threat thing and just with some of the other reporting that's come out. But I still think his heart's in the right place, and he just isn't the same player that he once was. But I'm glad that jersey still means something to you. It always will mean something to us over here at MHH. So, uh, And, Justin, all good. Hey, don't worry about it, big dog. No, No problem. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, the Lady D from the top rope ushering in. We're about out of time, guys. Deanna Hendry with a very generous super chat saying, hope everyone has a wonderful new year. MHH for life. Right back at you, Deanna. Thank you for everything. And remember, um, either tomorrow or Thursday's show, maybe tomorrow, but probably Thursday's show, we're going to unveil the 2023 Mount Rushmore list. The the We're going to put up on our YouTube channel and all our social media, and we'll debut it for you guys, uh, the top 20 Super Chat superstars of 2023. And no doubt, Lady D will be on there somewhere. For sure. And we'll do it Thursday. Uh, I don't know that we'll have it turned around quickly enough to do it for tomorrow night's show. Yeah. Um, it is New Year's, New Year's Eve. So I want to ping back and forth just a few times in the final minutes that we're going to be here. What are some of the things you're looking forward to in 2023? Um, well, there's only five and a half hours left of 2023, 2024, 2024. I know. See, I'm already off. I what are you looking forward to next year, Chad? Honestly, <laughs> like I, I know I've said this already a couple of times tonight, but I'm honestly relishing the Broncos being in the quarterback market because you know, it's 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 the possibility of it as a fan. You know, back in the '80s, you know, being a kid that had the Elway posters and the Three Amigo posters, and I mean, I'm still a Broncos fan through and through. And so the the potential side and the and what could it be and 
Plus, with what I do for a living, Scott, what we do here for a living, the idea of a team being in the in the quarterback hunt, I mean, it just makes – which is, you know, I love the, the first quarter of every year is always my favorite because you get all the rumors and the hiring things and the, and the signing rumors and the actual transactions and the draft pick rumors and the actual picks and all the scouting, this and that. I love that, and that gets intensified, Scott, a few fold when it's a quarterback search. So I am very much looking forward to that. I am looking forward to, let's say, the Broncos finish where they do right now. They're at 15th. The highest they could go right now is probably, well, 16 is what it looks like um, based on tiebreakers and stuff. But the last time the Broncos drafted that high, they got close to that high is Pat Sertan. I mean, I know he was, he was a few picks higher, but when you're talking about not having a first-round draft pick for a while, it's been a while since – yeah been able to talk first round That's pick. true I'm looking forward to a draft pick that's I'm gonna do another one then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come back quicker on me because we're about to go i'm looking forward to the growth of some of the young defenders from next year i'm looking to see riley moss and drew sanders which some significant investment was put into them and they haven't really it's been kind of a red shirt year for them broncos need them to step up next year i'm looking forward to seeing their growth in 2024 I'm glad you brought up Sanders uh, specifically because he did for the first time in a few weeks. He's made a couple of plays. His biggest play this year was recovering a fumble, but he made a couple of nice plays today. I'll give him credit. Three solo tackles. And by the way, tip your cap to uh, Alex Singleton, who finished today with 11 tackles. And get this, in so doing, Scott, uh, he ties two players, including Hall of Famer Zach Thomas, for the most double-digit tackle games by an NFL player in a single season since 99. So he has 12 now. He has uh, 12 double-digit tackles, so good for him. Uh, Riptide, one more, guys, and then we got to go. Appreciate you, bro. Seriously, I've lost count now. Seven, eight, on fire, dude. Thank you. It says, Russ versus the Chargers. He had 63% completion, 224 yards, two touchdowns, with Sutton bailing out a bad throw, one interception, and a 91 rating with a fully healthy offense. Jarrett Stidham versus the Chargers, 62% completions, uh, 218 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and a rating of 93.8. He's officially credited for what it's worth, 224 yards passing in this game. So uh, narrow, he ties Russ in that sense. But I get your point and the illustration here. Um, Box score, I think people make too much out of, you know, uh, box score stat or scouts, you know, da, da, da. If box scores can tell you something, they keep track of the statistics for a reason, but Scott, my biggest takeaways from this game relative to the quarterback position really didn't have much to do with the box score. It had more to do with just kind of how the offense looked and the takeaway that the end result, we're talking about a, a paycheck gap of 40 some odd million dollars or whatever it is comes out in the wash being basically sixes. Yeah, but the the box score to me on this one tells me the Broncos were not getting their money's worth and they did not need to keep throwing good money after bad. They needed to cut their losses as soon as they possibly could, which is 2024 and 2025 and not that have not let that bleed into any farther than it has to. Yep. That's well, that's, that's my takeaway from this whole week is Russell Wilson wasn't worth what he was about to be paid cut your losses so you can get out from under his contract as soon as you can end of 
Everything else is just chatter to me. Um, Ronk, love you, big dog. Thank you for being with us tonight. Your positivity, uh, the, the support you show us always, Facebook, on Twitter, X, uh, YouTube, you name it, bro. So thank you. We love you guys. Before we dip on out of here, uh, make sure you're following our main uh, podcast Twitter account at the MHH pod, our main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You want to get a MHH hat, turn in the new year in style, get yourself a Buckham uh, t-shirt, mhhmerch.com. Uh, also, guys, make sure you're following us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle and uh, TikTok, by the way. A lot of stuff we put out there. If you got five seconds, open up your Apple phone, open up Apple Podcasts, leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. Helps us out in a big, bad way. And every single show, even if you're watching this right now, and maybe my show is not your favorite show, but your favorite show, Scott's show in the morning, Broncos for breakfast, still rate it under all the podcasts at MHH are under the same umbrella on Apple. So make sure you're still leaving that five-star for your favorite MHH podcast enters you in to win and look like subscribe share the ticker below helps us grow and reach new like-minded broncos fans just like you riptide says it all for all of us love you broncos country happy new year please be safe out there uh spend some time with some loved ones etc etc it's been a heck of a year i'm happy i got to spend the final broadcast of 2023 that's right with y'all. I've, uh, I've had a blast. I'm looking forward to 2024. Amen. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. Seriously. If you're within the sound of my voice right now, or if you're listening to this on demand, you're within the sound of my voice. Appreciate you. Every one of you mean the world to me, to all of us here. So have a happy new year. Stay safe tonight. If you plan on imbibing a little bit of uh, adult beverage, make sure you have a designated driver and we'll see you next year which happens to be tomorrow night for the Aftermath podcast. Zach will be back, so see you then. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.